Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. We are limping into this episode very much like uh, Scotland limped to their defeat against Ireland. You see what I did there? It's almost like this was planned uh, and not in any way a complete shambles. Good evening, everybody, anyway. If you're watching us live, we are on uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. You can also listen back to us on um, any of the places you get audio podcasts. Something happened to the audio podcast last week. We don't know what. I think, Craig, this is all a D4 conspiracy. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the world, uh, world rugby stroke Irish rugby who are all in the same building stroke the referee union all get on, along with this, the Irish um, uh, fans have come in and tried to keep us off the air, Cammy, because we're telling the truth. That's right. We are we are the info wars of, of World Rugby. <laughs> Here to sell you suspect protein shapes and land the truth, some truth bombs on you. Um, Ian, did you know, here's a fun fact. How many points did Ireland score at the weekend? Um, 36. They um, did score no, 36. I mean, I mean at, at just rugby union or no they scored 36 points division of song contest on no no just just this weekend in the rugby okay so they scored 36 points do you know how many times the word satan appears in the book of revelations <laughs> um i mean it does sound like sexton is that some kind of uh, well there you go 30 36 30 sexton you see but he, but he didn't score all of them so therefore, that's where the book falls down on all its... Uh... They still scored 36 points, which is still the same number of times that the word Satan appears in the book of Revelations. And, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you're if you not ready to accept that truth, Ian, then, then, then you're beyond health. <laughs> I can't believe you can't own your own truth, Ian. <laughs> uh, um, what, what was the title of that Manic's album? This is my truth, tell me yours. There you go. <laughs> I don't think that was about um, the Irish D4 conspiracy to uh, take over world rugby, though. Well, clearly you can't read subtext. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to the Holy Bible backwards, it actually predicts the uh, predicts that Italian teams will be allowed into the Pro 14 in later years. <laughs> it predicts the collapse of uh, Border Reavers and Celtic rugby. Mm. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> And it was too much for Richie to bear. Yeah. You know, Richie Manick was carving into his arm was, uh, a, <laughs> was about Fourteens. the future of the Dragons. <laughs> no, he, he said what he wanted for Scotland professional rugby was four teams. That's but it. He, he four four teams, yeah. Four teams. Yeah, I remember the... Uh, the he ran out of time. I remember the 11th <laughs> commandment of thou shall not pepper the, those teams with those that are not from to... thou country. <laughs> I'm making fun of an, an icon here, and it's not on. I apologise to all, all Manix fans. I, I'm, I'm a disgrace. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're, big, we're, we're big Manix fans on this podcast, so that, that's not, you know, we we, we say it because we love it. Anyway, look, we've Just got like a lot to cover. Poor Rory, is, poor Rory is, is, is still out there somewhere on the internet, like <laughs> like Vision. I imagine Rory's a bit like bit Vision in uh, the Marvel films where he has to disappear and exist only on the internet so he doesn't get found by Ultron. That's where Rory is right now. He's, <laughs> he's, he's too scared about that, that That by joining this podcast he's going to be somehow corrupted. So he's fled online it's, somewhere. He's trying to get join us at some point. That's the thing. Like, he's trying to connect to the, the internet, but he's in the Highlands, so he can't get connected to the internet. 
That's part of the issue. He's off the grid. Rory's off the grid. That's it. He's re- he's, he says he's he's rebooting at the minute. We talked about it. He's literally rebooting. All right, cool. So we'll I actually see. thought he was just. I just thought he was just using his compost toilet and uh, and <laughs> his cardboard compost toilet being in a bag, basically. Is and that what they call it when you have to recharge your compost rebooting? <laughs> I'm rebooting my compost toilet. He's, he's busy cycling. He cycled to get the electricity sort of taken out. Getting, getting, getting some more roughage down there just to <laughs> just the smell. Is that how they, I mean, he is from Inverness. I mean, let's not put, let's let's not rule out the fact that he's got a composting toilet. I don't think they've 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 got full flush yet, have they up there? No, no, no. They're not in the in the mains water. They just let the water roll through the house, and they just have a use the facilities, and their steam will take it away. <laughs> the gravity gravity will do its job. Exactly, and then there's a there's a there's a tourist further down the stream saying this this water tastes so fresh. <laughs> so you know, for everybody who's listening to this and not watching it because there's only like seventeen people watching it throughout that whole disgraceful slagging of Inverness, I was eating some pasta that uh, Rona had made. So um, I do not. I do not agree with these uh, opinions of Inverness. I thought you were. I thought you were saying you were struggling to eat your pasta while me and Craig were talking about jobbies. <laughs> oh no, man! God, do you know how, man? You're talking irreparable bills for, for <laughs> decades, decades. And and, anyway. and and for those that haven't got haven't got Patreon, this is just a just a just a, Enjoy a your taster day. for you. Um, we've got an excellent pun, excellent pun coming already on the podcast. Alan McDonald joins us, friend of the podcast, long-time listener, not a first-time caller. Says the Renegade Masters win the D4 damage to the power of the people. That's that is a that is a niche reference, Alan. Fair play. <laughs> um, so look, we've got a couple, two two big talking points tonight. One, um, I think what I'd like to do is we're going to talk about the WX2. Scotland women versus South Africa at the end of the podcast, right? We're going to end on a we're going to end on a positive note and preview that match. I think what we need to do though is roll up our sleeves and put on some latex gloves and plunge our hands into the rotting flesh and the dead corpse of Scotland's World Cup, um, Craig and Ian. No, I think uh, Cammy last time when we had to do this ourselves you know i think it was just the two of us it's um, me and you and nobody would turn up ian yeah um i think you opened with uh sound of silence i did hello hello darkness my old friend needs i mean we could i was, I was thinking we could in fact I, this is going to be a sad thing but like this is this i remember listening to that uh, I am. Um, I cheered. Ev- I cheered everybody up at the end of that podcast by doing um, my own version of um, Billy Joel's um, "We Didn't Start the Fire." Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, she did. Yeah. yeah, I remember that too. Also, was that not the one that got Stephen Jones to write the? Was that the Stephen Jones wrote a review on our on our? Because we thought to cheer ourselves up. I was like, I found this excerpt about. Mr. Jones on Wikipedia, which you know, I didn't, I, I didn't write it, so I don't know why he blocked me. I just read it out because I thought it was really funny that he should be shot in the face with a bullet made of his own excrement. Um, you know, somebody was obviously annoyed with him, which wasn't me. 
just read it. And he left us a bad, he left us a one star <laughs> review. On <laughs> well, you know what? I'll leave him a zero star review if I could. Yeah. I just want a good review. That was a good pod. This this feels slightly different though, Craig. Um, and I don't know which way around we should do it. I kind of feel like let's talk about the game first and then the autopsy of Scottish rugby afterwards. Okay. This feels to me different from <clears throat> Japan. I think we could write that World Cup off on, you know, that that island. Get, I mean, it, it feels slightly. Well, I actually think it feels the same as that island defeat in 2019 i think the japan game you can write off by going well look they beat Ireland, and actually it was their home world cup they're up for it they've kind of got once in a generation talent and we're trying to sue a typhoon do you know what i mean yeah. so th- this feels slightly different in that we weren't suing it we were seeking legal advice we were seeking legal advice about the typhoon that's that's very let's be accurate here I mean, yeah. you know it could be compensation or uh just uh <laughs> Just not suing it. That's uh, yeah. different. We weren't suing it. We were we were merely seeking legal advice from Lionel Hutt's sports attorney Mark. at law. <laughs> Mark Dawson's go-to guy. Um, Rory's joining us. Hello, Rory. Good evening. You, you join us as we talk about suing typhoons. Suing typhoons. I heard what I heard what you were talking about a minute ago, though, because I have an iPad to keep keep myself up to speed, so I don't just come crashing in like like Manson halfway through an episode and not know what's been gr- disgracefully <laughs> slandered the north of Scotland <laughs> and our, uh, our composting toilets. Um, I was quite entertained to think that you think I'm that level of eco-warrior that I would have such a composting toilet. But <laughs> Anyway, Craig, back to the point I was making. I think this... <laughs> Quick, move on. Let's, we're, we're saying, we're, we're gonna, let's focus on the game first and we do the autopsy of the whole yeah, Scottish rugby afterwards. So to a certain extent, Craig, I think this island loss feels very much the same as the last island loss is that we, I don't know that we left a lot out on the field because we didn't look, apart from the two breakaway tries, we never looked like we were in the game at all. No, I did. That, that's, that's, Sorry, Masai is saying everything. I think um, uh, it just we, we didn't even fire a shot, and 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 okay, we got two tries. Oh, we got two tries, and we got. Um, but yeah, the whole. It, I actually, I, I, this World Cup, I felt we were more positive, um, and we went in. I think with a lot more hope, and I think we had been buoyed by. Um, results in the Six Nations and being fifth in the world and feeling feeling good and we had a little strut on and we were kind of owning that strut. Um, I think this is more of a um, the Ireland game for me. The South Africa game was kind of like, well, okay, fair enough. You know, we we kind of thought we might lose that one, so don't worry about it. This one. Um, is very much uh, almost somebody's just taken an Ireland has taken a knife to our tires, um, and 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 absolutely just we've walked out and going, oh no, not again. And it's just, I just feel it's it's been an absolute. You know, we're excited, we're looking forward to it. We're look at least we we thought well if we lose it, I think we talked about it last week. If we fire some shots and we lose it, then at least we fired some shots, and we just went back to. <laughs> Back to our 
type that everybody likes, all the other nations like to rub on our faces, that we just didn't turn up. And we, we showed our mental weakness at the weekend. And you know. I was I was watching the um, press conference with Gregor Townsend and Jamie Ritchie and before we came on here, and one of the questions to Gregor Townsend was, "You'll be, you know, we disappointed with Finn for not taking the three points early on when they're getting pen- we're getting penalties in there twenty two, particularly after the first island try." And Townsend said, "Well, no, because you know, looking back on the game, that wouldn't have made any difference, but." In terms of momentum and in terms of keeping the scoreboard ticking over, the you know Ireland coming away from their own twenty-two with Scotland having scored zero points despite putting a lot of pressure on is a, is going to be a big confidence boost compared to Scotland going in and getting a penalty, sticking three on the board and keeping some pressure on. Just making sure my mic was on there. Um, yes, uh, you know obviously there was the whole thing in the back of the mind. We need to win by eight points. You know, we need to score. We need to score tries. We need to win by eight points. But um, momentum is, like you said, vital. And obviously, with our shaky line out, and we know Ireland are good at that kind of thing. Take those three points. You've got a, an excellent restarter, either in Kinghorn or Russell. Um, you know, if Kinghorn's feeling like he was fit to do it at that time, uh, yeah, he's still on the pitch. Mm. Um, and and then try to work from there. Um, another thing I found quite surprising was even when we went uh, to the corner, not to try and maul first up. You know, just uh, quite because we got quite deep in. I think it was maybe yep. like twelve meters then, um, maybe even closer. Um, and it was just a quick. I think Gray was at the front, took it down quick out, um, and to pull out carry decently. But you know, given how many tries hookers have scored recently. I thought we'd maybe, you know, at least try and test them out because uh, the mall has worked recently well. But, um, yeah, I think we should have taken those three points and then especially when the second one came up uh, shortly after second penalty that was in kickball range, should have at least knocked one over just because it was still early doors. I, I want, And the other thing, Roy, I, mean, I don't want to be... There were a handful of what... I mean, not even a handful, there were a couple of what-ifs in that game. I mean, Finn's much-disputed 50-22 that, you know, was clearly in t- caught caught in touch. Like this, this Irish... Um, I've had lots of people in our Twitter mentions microscopically analysing whether or not the boot a boot hovered over a line or was, was on it, even though Earth scrapes up from it. Yeah, It's almost like I, I think there's been less analysis on JFK's assassination than there has been on that Irish boot on the line, even though they won the bloody game. Um I think the way I, I I almost think that got into Scottish heads a little bit that that was such a momentum killer because Alan booted it back up and all of a sudden we'd lost quite significant territory. And I'm not sure mentally how well Scotland handled the game. I mean, when Finn ended up as captain, I've seen a couple of people saying, oh, you know, he handled the referee very well, but actually he came over as fairly petulant at times, I thought. Well, I mean, yeah, he was... Uh... Probably by the time he was having to make serious points to the referee, the game was was gone, and there wasn't much that he could he could do about it. I mean, the, that the first seventeen minutes, I think all the what ifs really are in there. Anything that kind of comes after that, you, you know, you'd let the game go by that point. I think the the points that you've touched on already that the the three kickable penalties, that's 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 potentially a nine five lead. Um, I mean. 
well, I'm sure we'll talk about the TMO at some point and how comprehensively awful they, they were in award, awarding Ireland tries that probably shouldn't have been. We've got to get our our uh, griping about the referee out in the public podcast so that people can clip it up and put it on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I was sort of uh, making like a, a minute by minute of the first kind of 20 minutes. And by 17 minutes and 24 seconds, I think, which was just after the... Uh, just after the, the 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 check on the foot in touch, Nick Berry said to Captain, uh, well, Jamie Ritchie was still the captain at that point. He said, "You've just got to trust me." And I thought, that's that's where, that's when the game the game went. When Nick Berry asked, asked, <laughs> well, when, we, when we've got our trusted Nick Berry. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, really, rea- uh, realistically, it was actually a few minutes later when they when they scored their second try to make it twelve nil. Um, that was, I think. That was when Ireland were starting to look really dominant. Scotland were looking like they were making mistakes. Ireland were looking like they weren't making any. Actually, if you look at those first kind of quarter of an hour, Ireland were giving away penalties. The luck was was falling in both directions. But after that, I think, you know, the thing that they say about the perceived dominant team gets a little bit more of the rub of the green. Certainly, it felt that way watching it the first time, and it was a little bit like that the second. But um, I don't think Scotland were quite as unlucky as you perceived them in the pub on a Saturday night um, they probably were architects of their own downfall for the most part yeah I mean I don't I, I do wonder Craig that we we've talked in the past that Scotland are too honest and you know I, I think I would I, not even argue I'd say Ireland Ireland Alan cheated on at the, during the match but in a way that great teams cheat at rugby they bend the rules. They stretch it as far as they can take it with a referee. So all the best, all the greatest teams in the history of rugby are cheats and have cheated repeatedly. You know, Richie McCord never knowingly on on side and all of that. You look at, you know, particularly the first Ireland try and even the second to, set, to a certain degree, what, what Ireland do is they send in two forwards together as dummy runners. But because, they're tar- because of where they target it, it, it causes an obstruction and by the letter of the law it's an obstruction but because of the way they run and because of where they target with it it's not something the officials pick up because they're very clever what but how they do it and where they do it so although it's although it's cheating and that it breaks the, the rules it's cheating in the way all the greatest teams have done and have won world cups by doing yeah you know it's it's little things and and, and you know um I've always said you play the whistle and 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 you deal with it, you know, you deal with the referee you get, and that's the way it is. Um, but I'm gonna throw all that all out the window because I've decided I've I've had enough of this. Um <laughs> and you know, you look at that for I think it was the first try, um, and there was a glimpse of a on on the of the TV of Ty Byrne um uh blocking uh George Turner. For that first try, and they run, they run in, and he was properly blocking them. Um, so that wasn't picked up because basically, I'm about to just fire one off on the TMOs. By the way, um, uh, good. The <laughs> you've, I just you, Andrew Porter. Now, you, Andrew Porter went for a turnover ball on in their twenty-two, right in front of the cameras. The cameras had a beautiful picture of it, where his hands went down onto the floor. He then scooped back, picked the ball up, 
And psh, penalty, it's penalty to Ireland. Brilliant. There you go. What a, and, and all the pundits, what a fantastic turnover from Porter. It's absolutely and utterly illegal. And where this is, again, we There's seem some different to Different parts of one later as well. Sorry, just to add. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, Scotland then decided to start getting in the cheating, but unfortunately that was Schumann putting somebody over their advertising cordons and Ollie Smith, <laughs> Smith chipping Johnny Sexton. It, it, it's like we're, we're almost like the 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 lad that turns up to turns up to school with the wrong trainers on, you know, the the wrong fashion trainers or something. We just always seem, to, yeah, we can cheat too. Look at us cheating, and it's like, no, seriously, you boys need to get back to it and try and learn again. They, they were. They were constantly in the ruck. They had hands in the ruck. They had they had bodies lying everywhere. And then, and because we don't get Northern Hemisphere referees um, at the World Cup, we get Southern Hemisphere referees. We are getting poor um, poor decisions because the, the Southern um, uh, Hemisphere referees do not um, police the ruck as much as we police the rock up in the Northern Hemisphere. Was but, Wayne Barnes um, running one of the touchlines? He was, yeah. yes. Yeah, but he's he's not going to pick up what's happening on the rock. Right, what I think should be happening, maybe a hot take, because, I mean, was it, somebody said, like, 92% of break towns or something have some kind of illegal activity going on. Yeah. Do we need to have more officials look at stuff? Because I think we spend this... so much time on TMO nonsense. I might get to the England small thing and hands in the rock because that was just nonsense, as well as the ones in our game. Um, but the amount of time, they've got all the technology there and they're making wrong decisions. Maybe we would just, do we not just need to have one? straight arbiter of the game. So you look at NFL, right? I'm not a big fan of NFL. People seem to love that nonsense. Um, and they've got hundreds of officials. And they throw their little flags on the play and they go, right, this guy was doing that. Cool. Right. He, You fell first. So what he did to that guy after doesn't he count. That may even speed it up more than three minutes of was it Brian McNeese looking at, oh, the Samoan 13 hand went between the two England players' hands <laughs> and then touched it slightly forward. Which went on forever. But the thing is, Ian, that's, I, I, I don't mind how many referees or how little referees have got. I just want consistency. Yeah. And it's just yeah. the consistency that's the problem. There was times, there was times, there were, there were, I counted when I was, I was watching back the highlights before we came on, and there were three or four times in the run-up to a couple of the Irish tries where, we had hands on ball in the ruck, and it would have for, for it would have been blown up for Ireland as a turnover or as a, or as a penalty. There were three or four times that we we were not being given the same time on the ball at the ruck that that Ireland were. And as you said, Craig, it's just consistency. If if that's the way to go, the, you know, you can't say blow up for a penalty for what Porter did, and then you know I think it was Schumann was right over the ball on our try line just before one of the Irish tries and was clearly very cleanly on the ball as well. And yep. yet no penalty is play it on because it's, it's so, yeah. I, I, there's a lot of... Is that the third it, try? I think it's the third try, yeah. Yeah, because I've got yeah. my notes here. Third try, clear in at the sides from McCloskey. 
forward pass as well. Oh yeah, there was a forward pass. I remember that as well. Yeah, the the pass that started to move off was forward. We popped Mm -hmm. down the blind side. The fourth try, they never even checked the grounding, which was ridiculous. As the yeah, like clearly held up. Unless unless there was a giant gap. He he slid in miles before the line. The ball. And the Duhan was it Duhan and Matt Fagerson that were with him. Both clearly underneath him. When you saw, you, there was a replay of it on the high. They didn't show the grounding. They never showed the ground in any of the replays. Which I mean, that's and we've talked about that before on the Patreon pod. That this World Cup has been atrocious for that. You get on the Six Nations where they'll show you. You get to see what the TMO is showing. They spend time looking at it. You get an understanding of how a decision's been made. But you, they've got no idea because they're just saying, "Oh, we're just leaving it to the TMO to make a little decision in his little shed out the back." We're not going to tell you how he's come to that decision. We just trust. Trust Nick Berry. Trust that Nick Berry's heard the guy in his ear say it's it's not yeah. that 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 try is clearly held up. So I think just for also, um, you know our uh, our Welsh and Irish friends listening at the moment, um, don't worry, we will get to the point that you absolutely Ireland absolutely deserve to batter us, but at the moment we're just no, we great. won't. When we're we doing that, when we're we doing uh, that, on your own, you're on there, you in the Patreon, but. <laughs> In the Patreon, but I have to pay. You have to pay. You have to pay three pound a month to, to come, nice to pay for us to be. Yeah, you have to pay the money to hear me name the players that I'm very, very disappointed in. I'm not angry; <laughs> just disappointed. And you screwed my fantasy rugby team. It was already, <laughs> it was already crap. Then you went and made a burst. I think. I, I mean, that I keep coming back to. I think Scotland were out coached rather than outplayed. I don't think that the there was a lot of effort and endeavour on Scotland's part. It didn't necessarily go anywhere, but I think that we were out thought and out coached by Andy yeah, I, Farrell. I would agree with that. Possibly yeah. not Andy Farrell. Possibly just Squidge. Squidge. <laughs> yeah. Squidge is fault now, Rory. If you're watching Squidge's yeah. videos, that's what the problem is. Yeah, I reckon I reckon they have because the, the all, all the Squidge videos where he goes on about Scotland's boot shape and the the wonderful kind of where Sione is first receiver, Finn suddenly sneaks in the back and he's behind him and you can pop back and then Sione has the option he can carry it on or he can pass it to Finn or he's got a man either side. There's like three or four of them that he can go to, and if you actually watch that, I think it was the second. No, it wasn't a try. Obviously, it was the it was. Um, during those phases of Scotland attack, yeah. I actually kind of yeah, I actually sat and paused it. I took screenshots, but I don't think you can do screenshots on here. So, um, Sam Warren did one as well, and your YouTube will get taken down anyway. But uh, <laughs> they 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 hit the boot shape, and Sione had the ball, and the Ireland defence were just sitting off them because they've watched Squidge's video, and you know that he has multiple options, so they're actually waiting. They're confident enough to wait and see what what happens with the ball. As soon as the ball goes back out to to um, Finn, Hugh goes through the line past Sexton, who basically just steps out the way and lets him go and lets him lets him run through the line because he knows he's not going to be. In. And then there's like four Ireland guys just immediately turn and sprint out, which means that when the ball goes out to whoever it was, I think it ended up with Darcy. Scotland at the start were at six on five, attacking with the ball. Um, by the time Darcy gets the ball on the wing, it was like five defenders on one, and they yeah. they they just. So the the things that Squidge is pointing out that Scotland were fooling people with, they're not fooling with them them with anymore. No, but that's that's because we've got one idea that we execute Possibly. well now and again, and I think that's that's the problem with Scotland is we we don't have anything more than a plan A. There's no, we may occasionally have a plan B, 
but there's nothing beyond that. Yeah, and that's and that, what that movies is becoming like our sexton sexton loop. Everyone knows yeah. it's coming. Actually, the, I thought the best kind of attacking first base stuff was when Sione got the ball and just went hard at the line, went lo- hunting for Sexton to try and run over him. And we actually made a bit of ground doing that. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think I think also that, you know, we, I, I'm disappointed in the forwards. I think the forwards, um, you know, first things first, you know, your professional rugby players, get your line out sorted out. This is ridiculous because this is now <coughs> how many... It must be a year, year and a half that we've had issues with our line-out. Um, second of all, I, I, you know, they're now at a stage, people know that Scotland work on turnovers with Jamie Ritchie, especially when Hamish Watchman was about, Rory Darge. So they're, they're, they're protecting their forward ball when they've got, when they're doing, you know, closer moves. They've got, they've got far, far more protection from their, their, their second and third um, uh, ruck players so you're getting to this point where they're not getting their hands to the ball um the the jamie richies the the rory Darges aren't getting their hands to the ball because they've they're negating them now they've negated them they've negated finn russell finn wasn't where where was all the 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 chip kicks the the grubber kicks the kicks over the head to to darcy or to um to duhan none of that was happening on the weekend because it's either being coached out of them um, or it's the it's, it's no longer in the plan. It's almost like that first half against England where Finn was constrained, and then all of a sudden he goes right. Okay, I'm I'm actually going to go out and do do this my own way, and it just it just seems like we're co- we're almost like um, coaching a Finn style now rather than actually just letting them get on with it. Um, so and and the, and the, and and everyone that comes up against us is kind of well anyone that's anybody who's a coach is going to def- coach their defence to hit hit just as you say Rory hit Finn hit you know Sione and hit Hugh Jones. I think the other thing that we and, and Duhan was interesting about the weekend because one thing that they did with the Lions and Scotland have done really well is to have Duhan chasing the uh, kickoff, mm. but. Just because that the thought of kind of Duhan chasing running down running you down as you think, but he he lacked a bit of commitment. I thought he was kind of he was he was all into, it, but then he'd just slow up and give them plenty of time to kick the ball up. So there was no disruption at all. Whereas if he'd actually gone up and just smashed the guy a couple of yeah. times, he had the opportunity to do it, but he didn't. So I again, I don't know if there's everything. Everybody just seemed a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not sure of what they were supposed to be doing, or where they were, or they're getting into themselves into tight situations, and not being able to make the right decisions or execute what they're supposed to be doing, and that comes back to me as a it's a coaching problem. It's all finished nine turnovers to three, yeah, excluding penalties, um, I think as well. We could probably get that up to six. We could probably get that up to six on Scotland. Should have had six if we if we really criticise the TMOs, but it's still, I don't think we can put that all on the. We can't. We can't put all of this on on Nick Berry. Turnovers conceded oh, no, no, eight thought... seven. Eight seven. According to the official stats. Yeah, there were, we had a couple of steals. It's just that nothing came of it. Got a couple of really good ones. It's like Darch had one of these. I don't know, but 
it looked like he was making an impact to begin with, and then there was a couple of cheap penalties, which switched momentum. But it, it's yeah, the same, I, same old, same old, same old, wasn't it? Really. You know? I think one, one thing. One thing for me, though, I think we have to kind of accept is that Blair Kinghorn going off early disrupted Scotland's game plan. Especially the bench. We, but you know, again, you can say that's down to this, the coach because he picked that bench. That he picked Ollie Smith to come in off the bench, but I think that's because he was relying on the fact that you would get eighty minutes off Blair Kinghorn, and that Ollie Smith was only ever going to be there a break glass in case of emergency option. Yeah, and that's where it becomes undone. Is if you have to break that glass in the first 10, 15 minutes of a game, then the whole game because because you know Scotland's attack is built off. Blair King on occasionally coming in the line of attack and mm-hmm. offering himself up as a first or second receiver occasionally. And we saw that against um, it was the Tonga game. We scored that early try that was disallowed. But I think that's so. So to to then have so I think it throws off it threw off Scotland's defensive shape at the back because you're bringing on kind of a fairly inexperienced international. What's a really key big match? And also I think it threw. Scotland's attack off because Ollie Smith wasn't really coming into the attacking line, and nor would you want him to because, again, it's his first international. Well, not his first international. We know his first kind of proper big international. So I, I think, I don't know what the other option would have been because it would have been putting Harris on the bench presumably, and then having to shuffle the pack about even more. And I'm not necessarily sure that there was a there was another option there. It was seen. Kelsey, mm-hmm. you could play inside centre and wing. You could put Hugh Jones to fullback. Or Darcy. Is Hugh Jones at fullback any better than Ollie Smith at fullback? Um, I, 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 I more options because if Finn Russell had gone off injured, Kinghorn could have moved into 10. Um, if you're going to go 6 2, you can have Kinghorn moving into 10. Then if you've got Stain or Jones, uh, sorry, if you, you've starting Jones, you get Stain. Um, you can switch them about, or if Kinghorn gets in, Kinghorn gets injured, ah, you can just swap one or about. Um, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, but, so I don't think just picking Ollie Smith, who is essentially a, you know, a fifteen, because that's how we ended up with George Horn on the wing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't but, think yeah, the back on the bench is a, is a wise option if you're going a six to. You want somebody more versatile. I, I mean, would you even? But I think in the Stuart Hogg days, I would say you'd start Stuart Hogg and you put Kinghorn at 23 because then you've got a guy who can play test level, full back, wing, and. Um, wow. Uh, enough, allegedly. I'll Just say it for you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that. that yeah. We, I, the whole 6 2 and the, or the, the 5 3. Uh, 5 3. Um, yeah, 5 3 6. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. Um, for me, it didn't really matter as such. What happened though is, and I'm, you know, if you look at Smith, for example, he came on as a 15. Now that's absolutely fantastic, and he's doing a great job for for Glasgow. But you've brought someone on who makes silly mistakes, doesn't pass the ball when he's running through. He had, you know, he had plenty, several options to pass the ball at times when he was running, but he cut inside and went himself. Then gets turned over. It's Little things like that, that when we're playing a quality team like Ireland, and yes, Cammy, I did say quality team, unfortunately. Um, you know, we are 
we we can't do these things anymore. We can't, you know, we got to a point we've realised that Finn Russell wasn't going to save us. So then we had players deciding, well, right, okay, I'm going to do this myself now. And that whenever that happens, that's when the ball starts getting turned over and we get try scored against us. Hugh Jones fell smack bang into the old Hugh Jones of old, where he couldn't defend against a toddler. He was abs- I thought he was absolutely honking as a, a defender on the on the weekend. So I just it's it's I I don't we we've really celebrated. Um, a psychologist coming into the Scotland team. And I really do think it's been a great, we've seen a huge difference in the Scotland team. But my problem is just, they seem to reset every so often. They seem to reset and have an absolute honking game that they go back to their old selves again. And I don't, I think it's just poor. I know. I mean, you got, yeah. And I think there's a, there's a point in that, Craig. And I don't, I don't, I really hope that they don't look at this and go, oh, sport psychologist wasn't the answer. Let's, let's bin it. I think yeah. I think it is the answer. I think they need to look really deeply what happened at the weekend, and I think Rory, one of the you know, we talk about Ollie Smith, the trip on Sexton in a game like that is just as funny as what happened afterwards was, yeah. right? And let's not get away from that. And and Schumann probably should have had a red card for pushing him over the Hordens, but it was still funny, right? It's only funny because he didn't get injured, but it's still funny. Yeah. Um, the the trip itself that kicked all that off was was a was fairly brainless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll learn from it, and yeah, you don't want to blame him. Ollie Smith's not the reason we lost, and, and et cetera, et cetera. But you you can't you just absolutely cannot do that kind of stuff in a game like this. Sexton's um, kicked the ball. Sorry, I'll carry on. Sexton kicked the ball forward to waste time. He did. It was petulant, but that's the problem. Is he, yeah. he, 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 if you're going to then make it look like you're going to try and kick, get the ball back, you need to do a better rather than trip somebody. You need to be cuter about it. It was far too blatant, Rory. Sorry, cables has gone a bit wonky. Um, yeah, I think it was, uh, it was unnecessary. What followed was unnecessary. Um, without wishing to bang on against the TMO, the TMO was trying to get Xander Ferguson. A card, even though he was over at the halfway line jogging across or walking across, didn't he? Um, but and yeah, it was it was sort of funny, and then it finished, and then um, Omani came out with I don't know, presumably some um, epic slagging for Duhan that kicked it all off again. Um, but yeah, as you say, the and as Craig said, the the errors that Smith was making are errors you can make in big European games or Glasgow games or Autumn Internationals, you're supposed to have learned that lesson by the time you get to, a, you know, a, essentially a World Cup knockout game. Um, you should be picking guys. Oh, Kyle Stain's not going to trip him. Um, Chris Harris wouldn't trip him. Um, which, you know, Smith was far from the only one who didn't have a, didn't have a great day. But um, you you need, as you say, when when Ireland were playing that well, and Ireland were playing very well, um, we had a chance to rattle them in the first sort of twenty minutes. We didn't take it from there on. They were basically in control of 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 mm. everything. Even when we scored those those two kind of two kind of tries, I think um, even even when their bench were on, the scoreboard was out of sight. And I think if if that the team that Ireland finished with, if that had been on the whole pitch, it would have been a, a different story. But yeah, for for whatever reason. When Sexton and 
Peter Manning are on the part. We just don't seem to be able to dent them psychologically. And starting starting sandbags is is not how that it doesn't work. It's like it's like it used to be with the with the All Blacks and the Haka. If you disrespect the Haka, they'll destroy you in the first ten minutes. If you front up to the Haka, they'll destroy you in the first ten minutes. You know there is no like you can't you you can see from the comments that Omani came with, came out with after the game that wind them up, but winding them up doesn't work in the way that we seem to think it works. Certainly not with with a team like Ireland. According according to the Irish according to the Irish Daily Mirror, Johnny Sexton had the last laugh. Not over Scotland, but over this podcast specifically. Over this Scottish rugby podcast. <laughs> specifically, that was the head. That was headline news in Ireland. Genuinely, was Scottish rugby podcast regrets tweet will regret this tweet. That was. But did it? They said aged poorly. Aged poorly. Sure yeah. I'm pretty sure everything we've done in the last two weeks has been designed to age poorly. It has been. Yeah, exactly. It has aged like milk. Yeah. You know, there's there's there's. You know, we talk about the, the, the Smith thing and this and the other. There's there's two big mistakes that were that, that happened before the match, and that is we didn't pick Chris Harris because Chris Harris is someone who's been there, seen that, done that. He would have helped change that game if there was any changing to, to be done. You know, don't get me wrong, you know, Ireland were absolutely supreme and I can't 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 really take much I'm trying to take much away from them, but you can't really take much away from them. But also, where did Ali Price come from? We've been playing yeah. Ben White and and George Horn, um, and if we want to put if you want to put the Irish off somehow, you start George Horn. But you know, I, page page three for my notes here. I was like, we're playing at Ireland's hands. We price at nine, they know what we're getting. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, they've not had Ben White off, and they've not had Horn. And also, I think we with Ireland, we know how you know effective they are in attack, and you know we, as much as we love the Huey Palotto nickname and stuff. This is a horses for courses game. Like you said, Hugh Jones had a, a bad defensive game. This is where you pick Chris Harris. He defends that 13 channel better than anyone, and you know that's where they're going to go. They he organises uh, the defence as well. Yeah, sorry. He's, sorry. He's, sorry. Oh, I, mean, yeah, I was just saying that the first the first try they did go. I mean, it was Jones wasn't in that channel, it was Grant Gilchrist, but it was that 13 channel. That was where they, they got, I think, probably two tries out of attacking that, that space. Mm. Mm. So yeah, yeah I, I don't know what was going on in Tunis head. I really don't. I, and and you know, last thing for me about about the whole, you know, uh, chat. Don't give me any of the usual rubbish about Blair Kinghorn shouldn't. Blair Kinghorn cost us that match by saying that we're we're going to beat them in this. this, this. What is he meant to say when he's asked the question? He's, you know, he's, uh, he's meant know, to use the subtleties of language. But Rory, we've been asking. Begging these players to show a bit of oomph, to show a bit of their, their personality, not to fight against the SRU um, system of making them answer the same question, you know, the, answer the same way to all the questions that they're asked. The first time they put their head over the per- parapet, okay, it, it aids like milk. Yep, totally understand. But they've now got Scotland fans taking Blair Kinghorn apart again. What's that guy to do? He would drive down the road and let a boy out of a junction, and he'd probably give him the finger. You know, I um, I I thought it was magnificent. I I want more of yeah. that. I think yeah. I think we should we should that Ireland have spent their lives doing that, and then blaming, saying other people, gaslighting other people, and saying we never said that you did. 
<laughs> the wheels are quite Welsh and English are quite happy to back themselves up. I don't see why we shouldn't. It gives an edge. It makes us more interesting. What I did love, and we and I and I, you know, and I, again, I really hope that Blair Kinghorn took this from from our Twitter feed, but um, that he ran out on the pitch for his fiftieth cap at the same time as Omani, and then yep. soaked up the applause as if it was yeah. for him and him alone. <laughs> yeah. and I was, yeah. that is, what a magnificent! <laughs> that is absolute. That's what we suggested he did, and that is absolutely what he did, which is marvelous. <laughs> Yeah, I like. I, I want more of this. I want. I want more of this. More of this from Blair Kinghorn, please. Yeah, I'm this not. Is, like, I'm not. Want. I'm not saying that he shouldn't back himself. Obviously, they're going to say that we want to win, but you could just put a little word in there that doesn't say we intend to end going that. To do. Yeah, we yeah, would love yeah, to. Yeah. You could even put passionate words in. You don't have to sort of be all corporate. I think the problem is that he's. I think his actual quote was. That was what you're suggesting, Rory. I think that was the subtlety of the right. quote. The problem was the headline was "We will end the we winning are run." Going to. Like yeah. we are going to is the headline, but what his quote was was along the subtlety of "We can, we can end yeah. the winning which run," is, and, which would know. be fine. I don't have a problem. In that case, it's all the media being a bunch of um, well, but that's but that's that's what gets it up. And you know, if if yeah. you know if Alan did have our tweets up on the wall, as as many Irish commentators have <laughs> suggested. <laughs> That's where I was like. That's just, uh, that's just very funny to me. Former Scotland coach Matt Williams. I just, I, I was just a bit. I, that, I, that's why Johnny McGinty is not here tonight because he is retired. He's <laughs> no, no, he's just retired. I got, I got on the front page of Irish Mirror. I'm retired. Or was that your tweet? That was, it was uh, my was tweet. Or was it your tweet? It's, my tweet oh, right, okay, right. <laughs> it's hard to tell us apart with one voice on Twitter with that account. Um, <laughs> you are Borg, Greg. Uh, one night, Greg McLeod Miller uh, Hillier says, uh, "How refreshing was to see on a two plot interview after the match, heart and sleep." And I do. There was something in that. There was there was a couple of Scotland players I think that did, did interviews after the match. I mean, Sioni's is the one that got the most traction. I think there is a that was refreshing to see. I think from the Scotland team is, you know, how much it hurt kind of guys like yeah. Sioni, and I think to kind of get a glimpse into that. I think that's the kind of thing that they've they've protected the players over in the past, and maybe. Shut them away and and not had that kind of stuff before, but I think it, you know, they shouldn't have to do it, but I think it does let fans see how much these guys are going to be hurting after the game. I I do think that largely it's not their fault they were set out to play a game plan with a that that would would never have beaten Ireland with a team that weren't set up to beat Ireland either, as we've discussed. So. I'm conscious of time, right? We've got ten minutes left of the main podcast. I think what we'll do is we're going to take the whole autopsy of Scottish rugby into the Patreon, right? Because there's a lot to discuss in there. Um, if you want to listen to that podcast, you go to patreon.com slash Scottish rugby podcast and you can pay £3 a month. You could just pay £3 just to hear this one podcast, sign up for a month and then cancel it. There's lots of old, old bonus content you can listen to in there as well. So why not do it? If you want the full on, it's all Mark Dodson's fault rant, you're going to have to pay for it. Pay for the privilege. Um what we should mention, though, is this weekend um, we have got uh, Scotland versus South Africa. If you think international rugby is over for Scotland, no, it's not. There's more. The WXV2, uh, Scotland women are down there. Um, we explained last week how that works. I'm not going to go through it again, but it's Scotland, South Africa. Craig, we should explain to people maybe unfamiliar with um, women's international rugby that this uh, Scotland have beaten South Africa quite well in recent years. It's yeah. not the kind of same David and Goliath battles you would expect in the men's game. Um, 
but it's, it'll be a, a, a kind of quite a strong test. I think South Africa have been putting resource into the women's game since the last game in the same way that Scotland have as well. So maybe more of a level playing field. I, I would hope so. Um, although the, the Scot in me wants to see Scotland go down there and absolutely reign supreme. Um, I think we've got the ability and also from what we've seen over the last few games now that that the, 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 the Scotland women are developing and developing and developing, I would expect them to, to really run the South Africans around a little bit um, uh, with this game. But yeah, it's, it's good to see that we're... And, and this is what this WXV, you know, one, two and three or whatever they're going to call them or whatever they have called them because they're, they're about to start... Um, this is what this is for, and it's to get other nations game time so that we don't end up in the same situation as men's game uh, where the tier, we have these tier two nations who aren't getting the games that they should be getting. So I think, you know, this is really a really in- interesting and exciting time for women's rugby and for the rugby community as a whole. And, and one big thing, Rory, I think for the, in the team announcement for South Africa, because that, that's, that's come out today, is that uh, Jade Conkle Roberts is on the bench. I'm not sure whether yeah. she's ever started on the bench before. She may have done, but um, I think that probably speaks a lot to um, Scotland's depth now, um, yeah. particularly in the pack. Because, I mean, Evie Gallagher, I thought, had a, a, a fantastic game against Spain last weekend. So it's, you know, the, I'm sure Jade will be kind of relishing that that challenge and having someone that's going to be pushing her for the shirt for once. Yeah, I mean, I think. Um... Looking at who they're looking at the the teams they're playing, they've got the Scotland are currently ranked ninth, um, and they've got the South Africa are twelfth. Um, but the other teams that they play are Japan ranked tenth and the USA ranked seventh. So maybe they're saving saving Jade for what they perceive as a like a a, a kind of bigger bigger fixture. Um, obviously, if they could, from um, the post that Kevin put up the preview up on the site today, it it seems like there's not. There's two pools, but the pools don't ever kind of meet up. It's basically you two pools of three, and then it's just ranked one to six based on their results. So, um, could be an odd one, but Scotland, I'm sure, would love to uh, love to top that top that that level. Um, it doesn't necessarily give them much other than bragging rights at this stage because there's no promotion or relegation yet. But yeah, I mean, um, I think uh, Lisa Thompson coming back into the back into the team in the centre as well. Um, Meryl Smith played really well against Spain, but again, I'm, I'm not quite sure whether that's a sort of a resting thing or whether we're whether we're going full noise to to start with. Um, you would hope that uh, I think he said that South Africa. No, they haven't haven't played uh, recently. Again, I mean, we Scotland beat them fairly convincingly last time they played, but that was four years ago um but it was in south africa um when the girls went on like a tour i think or um sort of mini tournament thing so yeah i think uh i think they'll be looking for this one to be almost like a a warm-up without wanting to sound too confident against any south african team at home but i suppose you know, it's not something that um Scotland have been able to do, I suppose, going on on tour as a women's team. How can I have a proper tour like this as a women's team? Because traditionally, it's not one we've either not been invited or asked <laughs> um, to go and tour. Um, but it's this kind of, I suppose, competition that really kind of will help prepare them for 
the next World Cup, uh, the next Six Nations, you know, being together away from home is different to kind of preparing for games competitively where you're maybe more comfortable surroundings. Yeah, I think um, the thing we referred to was a, a, like a two-test series in South Africa and it was like a proper like horsing. So it's, it seemed like a like almost like a training exercise, um, training camp. Um, but obviously, you know, the more intensity, the better. Uh, because the Six Nations, like, uh, Six Nations seems to be the only competitive games they get. Um, obviously, it's the World Cup, which, you know, they seem competitive. We see, uh, the Australia game was kind of heartbreaking. Um, but, you know, the more exposure to these high-level games, the better. Uh, but one thing that I've noticed about these is that uh, I saw that, um, I think it was on Welsh Women's Rugby Twitter, uh, they were celebrating the fact that S4C had broadcast rights for their games and the England Roses games would be uh, available on the BBC Sport website. Scotland games as I think I've looked on some of them the W the top level WXV ones I think yeah um, Kevin's report seems to just say that ours would be on Rugby Pass TV yeah, yeah. so why have the BBC Scotland picked that up or it's free as far as I understand Rugby Pass TV is yeah. free my worry is and I don't know if this that we have the same problem as Amazon when they covered the um, when they got the autumn internationals, that because you've got coverage of the top tier on S4C and on ITV, that we get a geo block from Rugby Pass because Rugby Pass is only supposed to cover areas that don't have access, don't have access to. Um, I knock something over. It's fine. Um, don't have access to the um, footage, so that because we are kind of dealing with UK-based broadcasters, that they. Geo blocks from rugby past. We'll see. I mean, well, could they not get around that though? With by saying, like, I assume to do with S4C is because it's a Welsh language broadcast. You would hope, but, it, but the, the England games, the England games are on ITV. So whether or not that counts, we'll see. I mean, we'll mm. all try and log in at half past three on Friday and see if we can get to watch it. But there's nothing. I think the S. I mean, I, I'm not even sure. Um, and I'll check the. I'm just checking now before I before before I besmirch them. On this podcast, because they do listen, um, I um, yeah, it does say on the Scotland um, Scottish Rugby website that you can follow it live on Rugby Pass TV. So you can watch on Rugby Pass TV according to Scottish Rugby thing. So hopefully, hopefully, there's no geo blocking going on, and we can see some of the clips. What be lovely is if there wasn't any kind of. It's the but thing that worries me. Dream rug, about sharing them. I was going to say rugby pass is owned by World Rugby, so God knows whether we can share any clips from it or not. Surely, <laughs> <laughs> some, some VPN could sponsor us. Yeah, I think you're allowed to put on the TikToks. TikTok seems to be um, immune from takedown notices. I've seen a few things shared on there, but because they're yeah. in bed with World Rugby, possibly, possibly. Possibly, or, or possibly there's just so much content that they don't really know how to do TikToks. I don't know how to do TikToks. Well, if Jim, no, if Jim, if Jim Hamilton's running the Rugby Pass TV, as he keeps telling everyone, he'll not be able to work on the TikToks. <laughs> I think that's a fine note for us to leave it this week. Look, <laughs> um, we'll be back with the main podcast next week. Um, we'll cover Scotland's uh, game against South Africa in the opening game of the WXV2. Um, we'll maybe chat about the ERC 
we'll yeah. probably um, have a bit of a moan about um, what what could have been if we'd been on the right side of the draw. We'll get we'll get more into the draw when we get into the Patreon. People in my mention saying that Wales would not complain about a hard draw when Warren Gatland did in 2015. <laughs> Bloody cheap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Google, Google is your friend here, people. That yeah, took me two like seconds England, to find that. England and Australia were hardly like the best ever Ireland team, number one ranked in the world. So, and also, when some, as somebody pointed out, that was quite the, at the time, that was still a relatively weak pool in 2015. Yeah. Like, anyway, it's over. We're over it. That doesn't mean we're not going to still employ a squad well, uh, for the mediocrity. rest of the World Cup. Yeah. Group of death, but group of, oh, wait, you've got a wee bit of indigestion. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if, if Welsh, Irish and English fans think we're going to let up for the rest of the World Cup, they are sorely mistaken. It's the double down, double down It World is Cup. the double down, don't back down, double down we're World Cup. Worse. Yeah. We are. I've actually, I have a challenge for the people, okay. for the Six Nations, because obviously we saw the, saw the, the scrap in the game. And um, Duhan was copping some slag slaggings. Now this all depends on whether or not Omani retires after his hundred caps and they win the World Cup or whatever they're going to do. The shower of showers. But um, my challenge is by February next year, we need a slagging that Duhan can give Peter Omani if he's on the pitch. Best I've come up with so far is your what happened, what you'd get if you ordered Roy Keane off Wish dot com. So I think that's, that's a good start. <laughs> but if anybody's got any other ones that we can, and we'll 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 put them all to Duhan. Pete Romani, <laughs> more like Peter O'Morney. Am I right? Yeah. Nice, uh, nice. Uh, He's a you're a green finger, Roy Keane. There we go. I know. He's <laughs> rhubarb. <laughs> Your rhubarb sucks. It's sour. It's sour and it. twisted. You call Peter it Monty Don. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think yeah, I'm good proper tractor paddle. Yeah. <laughs> That's my only fan site. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone knows some really crap tractor brands that we can claim that Peter that your dad drives a <laughs> John Deere or something like that, if that somehow an insult I don't know. <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> that your is garden's it. full of plants that comes from the little bit at the front. The little, of little. little, yeah. <laughs> nice. There we go. There, there, Duhan, you can Thank have those you, for gentlemen. free. Yeah, yeah. Look, that's it for this week's main podcast. We're going to do the Patreon only pod in a moment. So if you're watching on the Patreon live stream, please hang about. But otherwise, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Craig, Ian, and Rory. Bye. Goodbye. Bonne nuit. Au revoir. <laughs>